0: We begin with the letter A. A is for...
1: M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Start with... Monster. for love me, and be... B- 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 please, help. Yeah.
2: Go, go, Gadget Podcast! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and we're off to the race. <laughs> Welcome to another What's going on a ga- keychain. Oh, please do, please do. Welcome to another gadget-filled episode of the Is for Podcast. Tonight we are discussing I is for Inspector Gadget. I am Monster and joining me is the um hmm, the headcopter danger. Danger, say hello. I uh,
0: I am one of the many gadgets that came out of his head.
2: And the spring-legged Sarge. Say hello, Sarge. I can live Sarge. with that. I can live with that.
1: I'm the head, you're the legs. <laughs> <laughs> One's more and important than I'm, the other.
2: And I'm the meaty center. So... <laughs> if we lost you, we'd get a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> so do either one of you guys... Perfect. Um, for those of you watching at home, because apparently you can do that now, uh, I have been moved to the middle. So any sort of love or affinity for inspector gadget? Did you guys actually watch this show or was it just one of those shows that was just kind of on? I did watch it. Yeah. Religiously. I I wouldn't say religiously, but I did watch it. I was going to say between the two of you, I got the vibe that Sarge would probably be a little more into it than danger. Okay. I, I don't know if that's an insult on me or him, but sure. Sure. Yes, it is. So Inspector Gadget for me was one of those shows that was like, it wasn't one that it was, you you know, you check the TV guide and it's coming on at nine. So you made sure to be in front of the TV at nine. It was more like, oh, there's a show I want to watch at 830. And now that it's over, I don't want to get up. I guess I'll watch Inspector Gadget. Well, if you give up the TV, somebody else is going to get it. And there's only about 12 channels. So... <laughs> If you get up, you lose your seat, you lose your station. Next thing you know, you're watching a documentary on PBS about dolphins and your night's ruined. Or you really enjoy the dolphins part of things.
0: But going back to your question before, I didn't watch it religiously. I watched it probably mostly in reruns. I definitely did not watch the Ferris Bueller goes Inspector Gadget.
2: I had no interest in it. When I I picked I for Inspector Gadget, I debated whether or not I wanted to get into the movies because I've never seen the movies and I decided I was not going to put myself through that level of torture for a hour long episode of a podcast. I'm not going to spend three to four hours just miserable to, to add to this podcast. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Okay. But we all make sacrifices monster. How much? Yeah. Be here. Yeah, and last season when we did I for Independence Day, (laughs) I sacrificed a lot by watching that bullshit.
1: You loved it.
2: I'm taking a stand on Inspector Gadget films. Okay. Go go
1: Roland Emmerich. Uh,
2: Go go hack job director. (laughs) And and speaking of uh campy crap that I didn't watch, and you know just go ahead and throw this out there because. This episode, I want to talk about the original run of Inspector Gadget. There actually has been a slightly modern reboot on Netflix. I want to say it was, um, I didn't write it down on my notes because I didn't really, like I said, I didn't really want to get into it too much, but I want to say maybe 2015 or 2019. I don't but think yeah. it ended up getting renewed and, and continued running no it it was a pretty short lived thing um from what i could tell it just it just didn't seem like a it was cg animated and it looked kind of cheap it seemed like it was one of those like things like somebody our
0: age is finally in a position to be able to you know have the things that they loved when they were a kid in a show and they were like hey let's
2: let's greenlight this
0: inspector gadget thing and then the execution was just terrible
2: well so a couple of things so you got shows like thundercats you got shows like he-man that did have a following that did have uh, a group of people that kept up with it that feel very nostalgic about it and they uh, a, a more modern reboot for them to enjoy and to show their kids makes sense but I don't think Inspector Gadget ever quite reached that level of clout to to deserve that. There's also the IP licensing part of it that I don't know if that had anything to do with it. A lot of times a studio will release a product with an IP so they can retain the rights to the name to use in a future product. So, hey, maybe this silly Netflix crap was just a placeholder for a bigger better reboot or another film which you know again does inspector gadget really warrant that kind of love and respect i don't know maybe to some people but i think for all of us here and probably most of our listeners inspector gadget was just one of those silly nonsense kind of spy show spoof things for kids back in the 80s
0: yeah, I mean I don't see it being a, you know, I don't see it being a thing where Netflix was wanting to put something out to hold the rights like Fox did with Fantastic Four, where they put out, right. you know, some dog turds of movies. Cause I don't see Inspector Gadget having a MCU level of show sort of thing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Nothing's gonna have an MCU level of anything because that was just a monster thing that ended up taking over the world. But if they want to do a uh, a better version of it than go-go Ferris Bueller, you know, cool. But I don't really see how you can actually make that property into something better, honestly. Because, I mean, I've gone back and watched a good bit of Inspector Gadget stuff over the last, you know, two days. And I don't see how they could turn that into something better. I mean, I don't see John Cena going go-go Gadget legs <laughs> and, and you know, Vin Diesel rebuilding the car whatever i don't know
2: family it's all about family in all fairness matthew broderick is not the worst person to cast as inspector gadget but no No, that's not. not really that's not really what inspector gadget started off as he was he was a lot different when he was first created so so we'll get into that sarge i feel like you haven't said anything in a while would you like to interject before i get into a little bit of history here
1: well, I mean, I have Inspector Gadget factoids and theories like me and my brother and you know, had when we were growing up because we used to watch Inspector Gadget on Sunday morning. It was part of the Sunday morning cartoon lineup. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, it was like Silverhawks, Mask, He Man, uh, Thundercats, Inspector Gadget, Pound Puppies, you know, stuff like that. Classics,
2: just a yeah. just a little of classics.
1: Yeah.
0: Everything you listed there, I would say, okay, cool, I'm down with it, except for Pound Puppies. I no. You, you know, there
1: way. wasn't DVR. You couldn't pick and choose. You had to watch what came on. No, you, you could Pound choose Puppies... by turning it off or leaving the room. And if we and turning off... on
2: the dolphin documentary,
1: <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing, you know. So some of our listeners may not be old enough to understand this. Some of them are going to totally agree with me. But like on Saturdays, I mean, at least at my house, when the television was turned off, that means your ass is going to work, or like going to go outside and do yard work or you're going outside to play. So you didn't unglue from that television until lunchtime. And then you went outside and played. And if you're listening to this and you're not
2: old enough to know what Sarge is talking about, you need to go to bed. It is past your bedtime. It is time to go to bed.
0: Now, in all fairness, in all fairness, we are at the age where people that are not old enough to remember that they're old enough to not need to go to bed. I mean, a little peek behind the curtain, we're actually recording this episode a week before Christmas. And I heard a fact that made me sad, but it was before, if you were born before 1990, you're now older than Marv was in home alone. So yeah,
2: don't love that.
0: No, no. So there are people in our audience that may, may not
2: fall into that category, but you know, proceed. So We'll jump into this here. So Inspector Gadget was a television show from the 80s that centered around a cyborg detective by the name of, you guessed it, Inspector Gadget. Each week, he was sent on missions to defeat the evil Dr. Claw from the evil organization known as MAD. He's spoiler. Mar- alert. Did you say spoiler?
1: Yeah, spoiler alert. What's Glad the spoiler? I
0: What's the spoiler? Those people yeah. haven't seen it. The movie, the
1: show? Yeah. We're here to talk about the show. So don't so I'm just letting everyone know there's gonna be spoils head. Yeah, but that's that's not a spoiler, that's the premise. <laughs>
2: I, your placement of spoiler alert is incorrect. Okay. As I was saying, Inspector Gadget is absolutely <laughs> terrible at his job, just like Sarge, and the only reason he defeats Dr. <laughs> Claw is because his niece Penny and their dog Brain intervene. Now funny side note here their dog brain is also penny's adopted brother don't think about it too hard it gets weird so moving on i'm i feel like there's a lot of details
0: about this show that if you think too hard it gets really weird
2: oh yeah there's th- this is a show you have to just like turn your brain off and let it happen you have let to it accept what is you. given to you yes do not give it a second thought Sure, his coat puffs up and is now water-resistant. Why not? (laughs) So I think when I originally picked this, I was thinking early 90s, but that's not really true. That was after it was already in syndication. It originally aired from 1983 through 1985 and had 86 episodes over two seasons. Do you remember when a season was 20, 30, 40 episodes. Now it's like nine. I think the only thing, the only uh, television
0: property, whatever that exists, that still has seasons that involve more than like 15 episodes, like soap operas.
2: Simpsons. Yeah, I've already said, Simpsons, family guy. Hmm. Simpsons are Hmm. still 22, 24 episodes. Okay.
0: I, I know that there was a thing, you know, in the 90s, you know, if you look at, Let's just say Netflix or Hulu or whatever and pull up a show from from the 90s and just scroll through it. Like I remember looking through the Home Improvement uh, episodes and there's like 20
2: episodes a season. Yep. A quick sidebar on one of the most recent seasons of The Simpsons, uh, season 33 or 34. There is a very fun spoof of Stephen King's It where Krusty the Clown is Pennywise. It's not the Treehouse of Horror. They did another one of those, but it's a really short, like, condense that entire story into a 21-minute episode, but it's a lot of fun. I know I, I know we've talked about The Simpsons a lot on this show. I'm a huge fan. I admit that the new seasons aren't very good, but that, if you're a Stephen King fan, you gotta see that. That is Okay, cool. okay. So the show was originally written and pitched by French writers, Bruno Bianchi and Jean Cholapin. Mm-hmm. I, I deserve a round of applause because that was that was sweet. Cholapen. That was nice. OK, I
0: I think that may be one of the better pronunciations of foreign names. <laughs> For
1: one episode, I don't want to think about the metric system, but you had to bring in France. Thank you. I mean, oh, 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 I thought you were saying one episode and I thought you were going to like bring up a
2: specific episode of Inspector Gadget. My first thought was, wow, you did more research than I did. (laughs) (laughs) So the pilot was picked up by a company that I want to hear how you guys pronounce.
0: I know how it's pronounced because. Oh, but (laughs) wait,
2: wait, it is spelled D-I-C Entertainment. Now, Sarge, how Deke. would you pronounce that? Deek. Okay. I, too, have always called it Deek because of that little ending credit scene where the moon is outside the little kid's window. Okay. Another quick side note. D- does anybody else have these weird nostalgic affections for those little produced by... Or like little credit sequences at the end of cartoon shows and TV shows? Yes. Okay. Like we were just talking about The Simpsons. When it fades into that little movie theater scene and the girl goes, shh, do 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 Like every time I hear that melody, it like, I, I feel my heart skip a beat. Like I absolutely adore that little moment. And same with the deke thing. When the star shoots out of the window and it shines, you hear the little kid voice, deke.
1: It's like oh oh, it makes me feel good. My favorite was the old school uh, USA network that had the star that would circle. And it would oh make yeah, it, it, I yeah. remember the USA star.
0: Mm-hmm. I do know that we actually talked about Deke on a previous episode. We talked about the Captain America episode, and you and I were trying to figure out if it's pronounced Deke or Dick or <laughs> whatever. Captain you... a- Captain America? Or not? Ca- sorry, I did it again. Captain Planet.
2: Captain Planet. <laughs>
0: Yeah. We talked about the Captain Planet episode.
2: What's funny is doing a little research for this. I watched a couple of little videos and listened to a couple of podcasts and stuff. And I actually heard some people refer to it as Dick Entertainment. And I thought you, you can't, you can't say that on a kid's show. That's not, that's a whole yeah. different. <laughs> okay. So it was originally pitched by French writers. And so they had to Americanize it a bit. Um, however, The original pilot, and I didn't get a chance to watch this, but apparently it is on YouTube, is very, very French. It is. I watched it. You did. Okay. Tell me if this is correct. What I read was the original pilot, they gave Inspector Gadget this mustache, and he looked so much like Inspector Clouseau, from the the pink panther film yeah they were like absolutely not yeah and you know the fact fact, that you said the pink
1: panther films and not the pink panther cartoons wounds me deep yeah i I was actually going to
0: move past that because the uh say person that um the the guy that voiced inspector gadget also did the voice for inspector Clouseau, and they gave him a mustache and they after the first after the pilot they said we got to get rid of the mustache so they gave him a shave And, you know, it was like, okay, well, you know, separate this a little bit. (laughs) How I don't think there was enough to separate it. So
2: I don't know how far you got into the voice acting of Inspector Gadget, but it's actually really cool for like fans of old animation and stuff. So we'll, we'll get into that here in just a second. Now, Sarge, why would you bring up the animated Pink Panther? He didn't talk.
1: Because when I think of Pink Panther and 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 the inspector that would always follow him around, I mean, just that he never had to speak. Like that, that was the good thing about those cartoons. It was comic relief without any of the bullshit, like speech.
2: Fair
0: enough. I remember the animated uh, Pink Panther cartoon more. Yes, yeah, so- I don't really remember the movies.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't the, the movies were a little bit before our time. I want to say they're from the 60s, maybe the 70s, something you like that. You who watches movies from the 40s and 50s? Yeah, but if they had a giant Pink Panther monster, I would be in. But it's not. It's a it's a detective kind of tongue-in-cheek, ho, oh, British humor, ho, oh, sip my tea. Yeah, no, I didn't watch those. Okay. That's and actually, not the
0: the films, I've seen the movies there's not a pink panther in it it's the
2: pink panther diamond it, okay so. so it is the pink panther diamond but and i can't remember you know the chicken or the egg which came first but they used a pink panther animation yes during the opening credits and that became the basis of the television show yeah the
1: animated television show pink panther yeah in later it, insulation since, since you said inspector classau mm. What? Right. Who? No, I'm that's not butchering wrong. it. I'm butchering it just for you. But anyway, welcome to Dick Entertainment. My research, <laughs> my research showed that um, after the pilot episode aired, MGM, who had rights to Pink Panther at the time, called DIC Entertainment.
2: Oh, there the you lane. go. Just spelling, yeah. <laughs> just good, getting rid of the pronunciation.
1: <laughs> yep, that they're that the main character looked awfully close to the inspector from Pink Panther. Exactly. It was the mustache. It was.
2: What 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 is crazy, and I don't you know who's to say this is hundred percent actual factual, but what I saw was they went through three hundred and fifty different sketches. And that's they, the one they picked. Yes, before they landed on the one they landed on. Thinking of dicks, because I mean that's a terrible like it's just a it it it's bad. It's bad. It's fine. Like, it's not one of those characters that has a whole lot of definition. It's like, honestly, if you said, like, describe Inspector Gadget, it's sort of like, the first thing you would probably do is describe, like, the hat and the coat. And, you know, before you would go, well, what does his face look like? Uh, He's got a nose and some eyes.
0: (laughs) No, definitely. I I would go with the hat and the coat first.
2: So... After DIC Entertainment uh, basically said, hey, this looks way too much like our character, the Pink Panther, they sort of Americanized it. So what they did was instead of pulling inspiration from the Pink Panther films, they went with the show Get Smart. Did either one of you guys ever watch Get Smart on like Nick at Night? Nope. Yep. Oh, man. Danger, you are missing out. You need to watch it. Okay. Get Smart is very... If you like Mel Brooks movies, you would probably like Get Smart. It is basically just a send up of James Bond films. Very a a lot of the jokes, the ongoing jokes from Inspector Gadget are pulled straight from Get Smart. Okay. Okay. Even to the point that Don Adams, who plays Maxwell Smart on Get Smart, becomes the voice of Inspector Gadget.
0: Yes. I did know all that. I did.
2: I did find that in my research. See, this is one of those times where I was hoping y'all would actually have something to say. Um, but we but, do have things to say. Like, well, okay, like, but like, you like, don't want to say anything about you know, Maxwell Smart, so that's oh, fine.
0: I don't have a lot to say about him because I, I, you've never seen the so show, Smart. sir. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I mean, saw the movie with Steve, like, but yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah, I know. That's why I didn't. That's say like about watching. It. That's like watching the Matthew Broderick version of Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like I could tell you that. Uh, from my research. Hey, uh, 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 nope, nope. Mm-mm. I don't know what you're getting ready to say, but I probably have it in mind. Do not steal my thunder.
1: All right. Jim Carrey addition to play one of the roles? Of what? In the movie? Uh, or? No, it's season two of the animated season. The animated- they put in, yeah, the animated series. Corporal Capeman was a not so popular add-in to the show, trying to spice it up a little bit. And Jim Carrey auditioned for the role, but got beat out by a gentleman by the name of Townsend Coleman.
0: That had to be very early in in Jim Carrey's career. With a name
2: like that, you don't stand a chance. So Thank
0: thank goodness he didn't get the Inspector Gadget role, because then we never would have got him on In in Living Color.
2: In Living Color. God bless that man.
1: Before (laughs) Don Adams
2: we might have to do an L as for living color at some point because God, that show was so important. Anyway, back to this show that was less important um, <laughs> before Don Adams took over as the voice of inspector gadget. He was voiced by Jesse white, who was the Maytag repair man. I, I don't really know exactly the, the history of that, but I can imagine in those old black and white game shows and stuff, the Maytag repair man was like, a a commercial that they would air or whatever. (laughs) However, in the first version of the pilot, he was voiced by Gary Owens. Do you know who this guy is? No, but on the Maytag repairman thing,
0: I heard that he got cast as it, but he never actually completed an episode. He was cut before they, you know, started recording four episodes.
2: Okay. That's, that's entirely possible. Gary Owens, though, he did do the voice, I think, for the pilot. This dude is awesome. You would probably recognize his voice immediately just because he is who he is. However, he's done voices for a ton of stuff back in the, like, 50s and 60s. He was the voice of Space Ghost. Yeah. He was the voice of the Blue Falcon. And then later on for, like, Cartoon Network, he did voices on Johnny Bravo. He did voices on Dexter's Laboratory. And a little near and dear to my heart, and maybe a little foreshadowing for later in the season, he also did the voice of Powder Toast Man on Ren and Stimpy. Oh.
1: <laughs>
2: so, let's get into this cast of characters here. You got Inspector Gadget, who I actually heard one person refer to as the silly kid version of robocop and that kind of stuck with me a little bit <laughs> <laughs> so i think of him as the like kid for ver- kid
0: friendly version of six thousand dollars Earth. what is it oh this the million dollar man million dollar man i don't know i was going yep. six hundred thousand like i'm just cutting down how <laughs> much he's worth
2: <laughs> the six hundred thousand dollar man he's got two arms one is a corkscrew and one is like a uh like a Code hook. He he can hang from <laughs> cylinders.
0: So he's basically Kmart's version of Million Dollar Man. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Like everywhere, like you know, everyone's had had Transformers. Kmart had go bots.
2: Ah. Oh, mask. Sarge mentioned mask earlier. No, yeah. nobody played with mask on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> That was like when when you told your grandma what you really wanted, and she went to Kmart and found Mask, and that's what you got.
0: I just think of uh, the movie with uh, Eric Stoltz and Cher.
2: Oh, my God. (laughs) That's the Mask you went to? We just talked about Jim Carrey. I know. I know. (laughs) Please go on. So anyway, Inspector Gadget, he's a cyborg. He's half man, he's half machine, but he's also kind of a dimwit. And he usually defeats the bad guys either by accident or because pity and brain interject. And we'll get to them in a few minutes. Um, He would always yell, go, go Gadget, blank. And basically have a tool to help him with whatever he was in the middle of. It's kind of the
1: Superman thing where yeah.
2: you always have the right power.
1: Whereas he's the Swiss Army Knight. <laughs> Basically,
2: yes. It didn't matter if he was <laughs> in the snow or in the rain or on fire. It was go, go, gadget fire extinguisher. Go, He's the Swiss Army sneeze. Superman. <laughs> yes. And on the one hand, it's sort of a cop out because you never have to worry about him getting out of a situation. On the other hand, this is a kid's show. It's meant to be silly. And that kind of adds to the humor of it. You know, at any given point, he's stuck in a portageon. john Go-go gadget toilet paper. Like, it doesn't <laughs> matter. He'll always get out of it. Go-go gadget bidet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, intrusive he, thoughts need to stay in my head. That's all. He slept
2: over at a friend's house and forgot, you know, his toiletries. Go-go gadget toothbrush. Where did it come out of? It doesn't matter. So, Probably out
0: of his finger because he had everything cut out of his finger or his head.
2: Yeah, we'll say the finger. So, one of his most famous was the helicopter that would come out of his head, skis that would come out of his feet, or his jacket would puff up so he could float. You get the idea. Yes, go, go roller skates. That was also a common one. They never really explained how any of this worked or anything. However, I did find a little bit of an origin story thanks to a Topps trading card from 1991. Yes. Let me read the back of this card because it is the most ridiculous horseshit I've ever read. It blew my mind when I read this. Okay.
0: I love this, by the way. I, I, I read this okay. myself. So,
2: <laughs> How did Inspector Gadget become Top Banana at Interpol? By the way, did you know he worked at Interpol? Because that's not on the show. Thank you, Tops. He was just an ordinary police inspector when he suffered a near-fatal slip on a banana peel. Surgery followed, and the inspector emerged from the operation equipped with more than thirteen thousand crime-fighting gadgets attached to his body. There's your origin story, ladies and gentlemen.
0: That's all you get.
1: I, I like my <laughs> I, I like my brother and I theories better. Please, what, can, can you share yeah. at least one of the okay, theories? Okay. I'm
0: curious as to is what now theories. a good time
2: for your sergeant? Sure. I mean it, theories, or it, should we wait? Well, let's let's just do
0: your really theory. Let, let's just, let's pepper the Sarge theories throughout. Okay, I'm, go I'm, ahead. I'm curious.
1: So, like, me and my older brother always had the theory that Inspector Gadget and Dr. Claw were the same person. Okay, and I did see that. And that, that's the reason why Penny, who was always caught in almost every episode, never got hurt. Never got hurt whatsoever. Always got away. Because he couldn't hurt. And and the thing about it was with him being the same person. Like, Dr. Claw was horribly disfigured or insane. And Penny made Inspector Gadget as, like, a replacement father figure. So, Dr. Claw could never, ever hurt his own daughter.
2: Now, we'll get to this a little bit later. But, because you brought that up. Dr. Claw's face has never shown on the series. However... Individual. Well, they made a Dr. Claw action figure where they do show his face and it's not Inspector Gadget's face. They're not the same
1: guy. Nope. Theory debunked. Well, you know, when you didn't show his face at all and you have kids going, what the hell? Let's be honest here. Would you have to rely on a weird line
2: of trading cards or toys that were sold exclusively at Kmart for grandmas that don't know any better this is what you have to do so
0: okay did you see like the toy like in packaging before you opened yeah. it okay yeah I thought it was great that you had like in today you know the first toy that would get out somebody would, like posted online and be like this is what claw looks like but at the time it's like you had to go and you had to buy the toy but you couldn't just go and buy the toy and like and look at it in the packaging because they still covered it up in the packaging.
2: Yep.
1: Like, he
0: had a to, sticker over to, his pa- face. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know how much it was. I mean, I don't know, let's say five bucks. You had to still spend the money to see what it looked like. Mm-hmm. And then
2: a little disappointing, in my opinion. Speaking of Dr. Claw, he was voiced by our friend Frank Welker. Does that name ah, sound familiar? Frank Welker, yes. He did the voice of everybody. Just look it up. He did the voice of so many animated characters. It'll blow your mind. He was the Dr. Claw was the head of the evil organization known as mad. Again, they never actually said what mad is an acronym for. And still haven't. mm -mm. The one that I think it is, is mean and dirty. That was one of them, but there are also some other goofy ones. Does anybody remember his, catchphrase at the end of every episode. I'll get you gadget. Every episode ended with, I'll get you next time. Gadget next time. His cat always yep, his meow. Cat, yep, the cat always, always me out after.
0: Yeah. I can't remember if it was I'll get you or I'll get you next time. But yeah.
2: Yeah. So we already brought these up earlier. You've got Penny who is voiced by Holly Berger. She was gadgets niece She's the smart one, and she's kind of the real reason that Gadget always stops Claw and Brain, which again, voiced by Frank Welker. She's he's Penny's dog. He would often show up in like funny costumes, trying to blend in, and all that kind of stuff. And Penny and Brain were really excused upon were the brains behind the operation. <laughs> yeah, because
0: especially Gadget didn't have any brains because he had to fit thirteen thousand gadgets in his headspace.
2: Yes, that's true. You have no room for brains when a helicopter blade and a flamethrower and a, a police siren, mallet. a police siren. Yes. A giant mallet. You guys are getting it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> one more character that I didn't think about until doing the research, but is also in every single episode is Chief Quimby. Yes. Yes. Like, which you gotta, you gotta wonder about that name, right? Like you've got chief Quimby, you got police chief Quimby uh, or, or mayor Quimby, excuse me, mayor Quimby from the Simpsons. It was police chief Wiggum. But yeah, you almost wonder if like Quimby is such a silly name. Like it's kind of strange that the Simpsons writers like, what well, should we name the mayor and just Quimby just came out of nowhere. You know what, what I mean? year did the Simpsons come on the first Oh, God, 89. Okay. So it was after
1: this.
2: It was after this, way after this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So So, the thing about Quimby is, uh, didn't something always
2: happen to him, something explode on him or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Just like Get Smart, they were spoofing Mission Impossible. And one of the common trends in Mission Impossible was this message will self destruct after he would read it. So. Nine times out of ten, what would happen is Chief Quimby would like hand Gadget the letter outside of a mailbox or something, and Gadget would read it and then he would shove it back in the mailbox and it would explode with Chief Trash Quimby. can. Yes, a trash can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which you know, when a show runs for eighty plus episodes, you wonder how many times you can blow up the same guy. But you know, they made it
0: worse. health insurance, man.
1: Health insurance. So what mean. I remember what I remember Chief uh Chief Quimby. When I found out that he Lamarche is that how you say his name Lamarche, the voice actor
0: Maurice Lamarche,
1: yeah, yeah, he did Brain on
2: Animaniacs. Yeah, he's done so many. He was all over Futurama as well. Yeah, well, this guy too, Dan uh, Dan Hennessy, does the voice of Chief Quimby, and he's been on a bunch of stuff, especially in the like eighties and nineties. He was on the X Men. The the Fox animated series that everybody loves. One. Yes, he did some voices on that. He was in the Care Bear movies. He's done a ton of shows. He's usually not like a like a consistent character, but he'll like do the voice of a character that's on like a four, five, six episode run, something like that. Yeah. Now, what is also pretty cool is do you guys know who composed the theme music for Inspector Gadget? No,
0: but something tells me you're gonna tell us.
2: Oh,
1: what's his name? Oh, <laughs> uh, you either know
2: oh. it or you don't. It's not yeah. going to like come to you. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I... <laughs> I've i heard it before. I was going to make a joke about, oh, I was asking you guys, but thanks to Sarge. I, I like where we went instead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I can't remember the name of the okay. uh, song. It was name... based off of.
2: Yeah. Okay. So the dude's name is Shuki Levy,
1: Levi Levy,
2: L-E-V-Y. However you want to do it. I feel and, like if it's a
0: last name, it's Levy.
2: I think so too. Yeah. And it was based on, oh God, Sarge, I wasn't even going to say this until you. Hall said of the Mountain King. There it is. Hall of the Mountain King. Where? What is if, Hall of the
0: Mountain King? Sorry.
2: If you listen to it, the melody is super similar to the Inspector Gadget. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> There's a whole funny story about how they asked Levy to do it because he's done some other pretty popular themes. And he was like, yeah, sure. And then like, it came like time to do it. And he was like, I, I have nothing. And so he kind of listened to this classical piece and tweaked it a little bit. But do you guys know any other themes that Levy's done? No. Two in particular that are pretty dope. He-Man Masters of the Universe. Okay. And the Power Rangers theme.
0: Like the original like US Power Rangers? Yes. Ah. ah, That was a quite a big departure from the Inspector Gadget theme because that had a lot of like guitar and, and stuff going on in it.
2: It did. It did. And as a musician when it comes to composing versus actual performance, I don't really know. Like I I feel like a lot of composers will create and write music that perhaps they cannot perform themselves. And then they find the musicians to perform it. I could be way off on that. No. I, I think there's probably a gray area where a lot of composers actually like Perform the music as well, but that's that's way out of my
1: jurisdiction. <laughs> yeah. So, to, just to be clear, Hall of the Mountain King wasn't written by Levy. Mm-hmm. Levy's song has elements from the guy's name, is I've had to look up his name Edward, Edward there's a V, uh, Kriegs. I think it's Kriegs. Name.
2: Yeah, yeah, Hall of the Mountain King is like a classical piece from like what the mm-hmm. 1800s or something.
1: Sure. I mean, I I played it and I, I I don't know. I I remember that we had to play that in the Jurassic park theme song and and the symphony. When I, when I used to play in high school, we had to play symphony. So this is the kind of
2: cutting edge knowledge you get when you join dick entertainment. Okay. Right here. (laughs) 1800s. Yeah, probably. So a couple other little factoids about inspector gadget. It was the first animated show to be presented in stereo sound. Ooh.
0: Woo. I Which didn't was even very... know stereo sound was a thing at that point.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, and if you think about the nuance and the subtlety in the soundtrack. Yeah. I have no idea why that's a, a thing either. Yeah. Like I was,
0: I was dude? just thinking, I'm like, I, I've well, heard the theme song a couple times in the last couple of days. Not one part of that needs to be
1: in stereo. Nothing about this
2: needs to be in stereo.
1: So as as somebody who recently just hauled away an old school knob changing television from my parents' house. I had one of those. We we took it apart. You know, the ones that look like an entire entertainment table. Right. We took it apart to get it out of the house. It had one speaker in it, and it was 90% of the weight when you pull that speaker. (laughs) I I believe that. that. so
2: I remember, I mean, I, yes, I remember my uncle's TV. We watched a lot of Looney Tunes on that TV, but it was basically a brown square. Then the TV was like inside of it. And then on the left, there was like this panel that had like a
1: volume knob.
2: Channel, yeah, had three knobs, yeah.
1: three knobs, channels, sub channels, tune tuning in better, and then the volume knob. So we what? had one
0: we had one that I ended up getting like as the TV in my room, and then it actually moved out of the house with me. but it had like the the power knob you had to like t- like push in and pull out, oh, yeah, and, like, mm-hmm. and that was the volume control for it. and then it had the it had like two through twelve, but then one was a u and you had to go to the u to use the bottom knob. It was yeah. like and the uh, the sound was always good on it. But I'm pretty sure, Sarge. I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that the weight of that TV was all of that, like that one speaker that was on it. But the uh, the picture on it, like everything was fine, except for like the top. I don't know. We were we were talking about France earlier, so the top centimeter
1: <laughs> was just <laughs> was just like just skewed to the left. <laughs> yeah, like it's. Yeah. Uh, I remember those old school television. Like my grandparents had one in their bedroom, and it was all like big heavy box. On these tiny, itty litty, itty bitty, like toothpick thick legs. And when you put it on the floor, you don't touch it except to change the channels. That was it.
2: The nice thing about those kind of TVs, though, were you could actually like set your beverage or <laughs> your microwave dinner like right on top of the TV. It just it's because it had so much
1: space <laughs> yeah. for all those tubes. Uh, I also used to like it because we'd we'd be sitting out watching television and the color would go out. And my parents would be like, Hey, go hit the top of the television. Yeah, They're sitting there smashing the top of the television till so the color came back into it. Yeah, you can't like sure do it... that in a modern day television. No.
2: You want to <laughs> see that crisp blue of the water on that dolphin documentary, I'm
0: telling you. <laughs> yeah, you your TV, you couldn't watch TV unless your palm hurt. I'm smack at the top of it. <laughs>
2: And and to dangerous point, I remember when I was a kid, we had cable out in the living room and, and in my parents' room, and I really wanted a TV in my room. And they were like, no, 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 you don't need one. You're not getting one. So finally, I got one, and it was exactly the way you described. It was a little gray box with two knobs and a volume thing. And I literally used it to watch like reruns of the simpsons in monday night football like i would lay in my bed and watch those for like 30 45 minutes rabbit ears yes yes Mm -hmm. and then when i got a little bit older it was kind of the same thing but a little bit bigger and the knobs were a little bit different because you could then plug in a gaming system to it oh yeah yes and dial i think you had to go to the u or the two depending on which model you had but that's how i played my sega genesis oh no that
0: that tv that i was talking about was the one that we had the sega and everything hooked up to but i had to go uh, we had to go and get a uf modulator and put it on the back of it yeah and It was Mm -hmm. like, it was just this little, like this little happiness box that hung out the back of the TV
1: (laughs) that everything plugged into. That's the only way we could get everything to work. See, we had to get one of those little ones that had the uh, white, red, yellow, the VGA adapters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but on the back of ours, we had two little screws. So you had to unscrew it. Yeah. And the adapter had the little forks on it. You had to put one in, tighten it up. Yep. second one in tighten oh, yeah. it up that way you could hook up to it oh yeah no we
0: uh, we had one of the t- we had one of those tvs as well so yeah um good
1: times oh yeah yeah you kids all right now back to back it. to back to monster uh uh finishing up this episode
2: yeah so <laughs> the last couple little things you know i i said the the thing about stereo sound uh we already talked about this earlier but just to reiterate. Dr. Claw's face has never shown on the, on the actual a- show, but he is, you do see his face on a 1992 action figure where he kind of looks like a pissed off David Lynch. Yeah, Mm-mm. He's got kind of yeah. like white gray hair standing up on end. And he's got this like brrr, look on his face. He looks it's
0: like, a great. he looks like a mix between David Lynch and Eric Stoltz in the mask.
1: <laughs> I mean, he, uh, honestly Stop honestly he looks like up. honestly if you look at it if you look at the action figure he looks like a like like a, a rick from rick and morty
2: yeah like an old man rick or uh, something yeah like the, the old man rick, rick. yes first and part. last bit of trivia uh the number of keys on dr claw's computer vary from scene to scene yes, so man. that's I for Inspector Gadget. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I wanted to go out on a bang. I hope you were prepared for that. You went uh, out nice. on how many keys he has on his keyboard. So, you know what? There could be worse things to go out on. Oh, well, hey, if you have keys on your keyboard, you can go to podbean.com and use the code DangerSarge for a
1: month of free broadcasting services. Nice, right? Nicely. <laughs> Okay. You know what? We're going to, you know what? Yes. Yes. We know we're going to let that go. That was okay, good. Thanks. <laughs> that was good. Uh, so not related to I for Inspector Gadget whatsoever, okay. but it is a well-known fact of lore that I dislike the metric system. Right. I dislike the metric system. I don't know but if that's it doesn't matter lore, but sure. Oh, no, it is. It is. Everyone that knows me knows this. And I was upset a lot of British people on TikTok the other day. When, um, I kept bringing up the fact that it was the anniversary of the Boston tea party and it, w- it was so nice to like rub that people's faces. Do you guys follow Josh from England at all on TikTok? Nope. Is he the guy
2: that goes to America to like, experience yeah, yeah to American experience culture?
1: America. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, Sarah watches him. Yeah, I, I, I tagged him in a couple Nice <laughs> pouring tea down the drain. So, so hey, so
2: perfect, Sarge. That's what you've been up to recently, pissing off the British. Danger. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to recently?
0: Honestly, the last uh, week or so has I haven't really had a lot of a whole lot of downtime. Um, I did build a shelf for for the lady, and then I went to carry it, and it fell apart, so then I had to rebuild it. So I <laughs> yeah yeah
1: was, that's going cool. on a magnet. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like you built it very well. That was, I that was nice and sturdy there, buddy. I, I missed one, I
0: missed like No, properly, don't take one screw No, I missed properly gluing a section and it was too much weight was hanging off of that and it just kind of pulled everything else apart. So what it is, happened, you, it's fine it's it's back together now. Did you what use am screws? I, yeah actually well, not enough I did when I... I rebuilt it <laughs>
2: One of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons is Hurricane Nettie when a hurricane knocks down Ned Flanders' house and the community rallies around to build him a new house. And there's a part where he's trying to navigate it. And it's just, I mean, it's the most dysfunctional. Yeah, it's it's awful. And at one point he walks by and a nail tears like his shirt. And he's like, oh, got a nail poking out there. And I think it's Barney who's like, Well, one out of 13, that's not too bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So my daughter has been doing a thing for AP Gov. She's got a report for AP government. And she just handed me a sticky note because she's sitting here listening to a one-sided conversation (laughs) as we record this podcast. It says, the federal government knows I am working. I just got an ad from a Department of Justice about spam (laughs) call. That's, that's... Welcome to the
2: real world, <laughs> sweetie. Yeah.
0: So outside of building this whole thing, uh, been just taking care of life stuff, kids, house, you know, all
2: that. Hey, monster, what have you been up to? Hey, monster, what you been up to, brother? Thanks for asking. So at the time of recording this, my birthday was 10 days ago. And got, got 32, um, ladies and gentlemen. I wish I am. I am way closer to 40 than that. And my lovely, perfect wife got me a really cool grill, so I've been grilling every opportunity I get. But she also got me Saints Row on PS5, so I've been playing a lot of that. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd never played any of the Saints Row games before this one. It's sort of like the best way I can describe it is like Diet Grand Theft Auto. It's <laughs> it's the same gameplay. Yeah, it's, it's fair. the same style, and it has some great humor and some really over the top moments, but it doesn't have quite the narrative that a Grand Theft Auto typically has. But hey, we're not going to get GTA Six until like twenty twenty nine. So I you know, know what? right. This will hold me over, and they I'm said glad 20, I have it.
0: They said twenty twenty five, right?
2: Yeah, we'll see. They keep. I mean, yeah. it's it's it,
0: it's like Disney, right? They're gonna just keep pushing shit off. No. Yeah, I mean, I, unless they do like, this is Grand Theft Auto 6 for 40 years like they've done the 200 year birthday of Disney for 40 look, years
2: Look, I know plenty of people that still play GTA 5 online mm-hmm. yeah. and are yeah. still exploring the city and stuff. Good for them. I've moved on to Saints Row I will get to GTA 6 when it happens, but yeah
1: so that's what I've been up to. A, I just fell out of love with those games
2: um I, okay, so I loved, I actually played the first two on PlayStation, like when it was the top down, it was a totally different kind of vibe. I played those a little bit. And then of course, GTA three came out and everybody played it and everybody loved it. I didn't play much of four. I didn't play much of San Andreas. I didn't play much of vice city, but for whatever reason, GTA five hooked me and I played that one. I haven't 100%ed it, but I finished the the main storyline and completed a ton of the side missions. I loved that one.
1: Um, yeah, well, we can talk game. about this on we can talk about this on an episode of Unscripted, which yeah, by the way, yeah. that's a that, that, that that's a drop right there, ladies and gentlemen. Be be on the lookout for that later. That's gonna be a New Year thing. But yeah, I mean, you did a good job, Inspector Gadget, buddy. Thank you. That's all I'm
2: here for is a little pat on the back, a little attaboy. boy. Danger, you're pretty good at plug in all of our stuff why don't you plug some stuff and then take us home
1: <laughs>
0: thank you for listening everybody appreciate it monster appreciates it. sarge appreciates it so if you have an idea for a topic that you would like for us to dive into we'll be more than happy to you'll have to wait for your letter to come around but please shoot us email at dangerandsarge at gmail.com or reach out to us on one of our social media platforms facebook x or instagram danger and Sarge. across all those Insta. please check please check out Breakdowns for Breakfast, either on uh, Spotify, iTunes, whatever your podcast hosting service is. And check out the Breakdowns for Breakfast Facebook page. And then head on over to those same podcast hosting services. Check out Tales from Reddit, hosted by
1: Sarge. Yep. Fellas, that's all I got. That's all you got. Yep. That's all you need. Yep. yep. All right. Bye! <laughs> Bye! That's a great send-off. Long <laughs> Just it's over done done